really honored to be with you all again. My name's Chris, and uh, and I've just been really excited the weeks leading up to Pentecost Sunday because I get to preach on just another exciting Sunday. It's just a real blessing, um, and I love the Book of Acts. The whole Book of Acts is like the Book of Miracle Missions. I just I I it's like superhero stuff. How many of you went and saw Avengers Endgame? Yeah, there's a few. Uh, this, this stuff is better than that stuff. And uh, if you like superheroes, the book of Acts is just all about the church just waking up and, and finding the kingdom of God within them and in their daily lives, living out the kingdom. It's what we've been talking about for all these weeks, Naturally Supernatural. How do we, how do we live with a supernatural God his heart beating inside us, and how do we go out into the community uh, from that place? And how do we take that in our families, in our workplaces? And so Acts is, uh, is like when the church really starts to get jiggy with it. Hey, do you know that song, Getting Jiggy With It? Na, 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 na. It goes a little a ways back, but the church... Acts is the book. This is the most theological thing I'll say today. Acts is the book where the church gets jiggy with it. Uh, and the church just rises up. The people inside the church, the people outside the church, the people everywhere exploding with the kingdom of God. And so I, I'm really excited to be here with you. Uh, I, love, uh, I love the Holy Spirit too. And I loved what Sylvester said. He just said there's nothing he could do without the guidance of the Holy Spirit on this earth, in this life, we need the Holy Spirit, isn't it? Man, decisions th that face me week by week, I need the Holy Spirit. When my sinful attitudes rise up in me, I need the Holy Spirit to drown those things out. When I'm praying for someone and it's just me in the natural and my words, it's not enough to heal anybody. I need the Holy Spirit to just breathe in and through me. We need the Holy Spirit. And the good news is the Holy Spirit is all ours for the taking. He wants to fill us. He want, he's here now. Could you sense Him in worship? Could you sense Him in that prayer time? I couldn't hear a word. Anyone in my circle was praying. But there was a roar beyond the circle. There was prayer in this room. And I, I wonder if that upper room all those years ago felt that way. So, people awakening. Do you feel awake this morning? Okay. Uh, just, just a tiny bit of history. Before, <clears throat> before Pentecost happened, uh, after Jesus had resurrected from the dead, he spent some weeks with his pals. And, uh, and just before ascending back into heaven, he told them, go and wait for a short time because the Spirit, the gift is coming. The Comforter is going to be sent to you. Uh, in my absence, this one is going to be with you. And so, so these 120 believers went into an upper room and they just started praying and they waited. And, uh, and then we find that on Pentecost morning, like the rushing of a mighty wind, the Holy Spirit entered that room and started stirring and stirring and something happened. Their prayers, their waiting, suddenly were just impacted with fire. Many of them actually, all of them had flames of fire on their heads as, as a sign of the presence of God. I heard one preacher say, if you've got a head, God has a flame for you. 
Some people think it was just uh, it was just big time people in that room. Yes, Peter was there. Yes, the other disciples were there. Uh, but it wasn't just the superstars. And uh, and it, there is a flame for every one of us. And I love that because especially this week, I've had kind of an empty bucket week. Have you ever had a, a week where you feel like your bucket is full with life and vibrance and hope and excitement and joy and all of that? All, it's all good, yeah? And then have you ever had a week where you feel like a few of those things are missing? Where you're kind of dragging a bit? Ah, I'm so happy that the Holy Spirit falls on regular people and the Holy Spirit uses real people and that He even uses weak people. Because this week, I have felt incredibly weak. You know, I've been training for a marathon for almost a year now. Just building up my miles, my kilometers, building up my endurance, building up my speed and my strength and all of these things and looking forward to a marathon that's happening on July 7th. And, uh, and two weeks ago on Sunday, uh, I had run a long, a long distance on the Saturday before and here at church, my son Noah came running up to me to, to attack me, which is very normal in our household. And, uh, and I reached down to, to attack him back, obviously, and defend myself. And I tweaked my back. And I don't know what happened. I just felt something go out. And for two weeks now, I, I can't, for five days I couldn't get out of bed. I was just flat. And then I can move around, but I'm moving around like an old man. That's why he said, I'm moving around real ginger and kind of shuffling. And uh, man, I've been really discouraged. Like, what is the deal of a year's worth of, of building up to this thing? And now it might not happen. I don't know if it's going to happen, but I've just been discouraged. But as I read through this again as, and as I studied... I just started to feel like life pour into me again because it doesn't really, and honestly and truly, it would be awesome if I can go and run that marathon. It's a goal. But if I don't run this one, I'm going to run another one. But the, the promise and the legacy of ongoing Pentecost really started to lift me up a little bit. And that's good news for all of us that this is a bit different than a lot of holidays we celebrate to commemorate something that happened in the past and this is just kind of a remembering day. Pentecost set in motion an ongoing Pentecost. The Holy Spirit didn't just show up then and now we, we gathered and, and talk about this to remember that one time the Holy Spirit really showed up powerfully. No, it was, it was setting something in motion that could not be stopped and that is continuing even today. The Holy Spirit is activated. And the church also should be activated. And so we're celebrating something that is ongoing. We're getting in a moving river already. We're not trying to like stir and churn up some dead body of water. It's moving. And, and that's hope giving. So, so there's legacy as we talk about Pentecost. The legacy of hope. The legacy of liberty. Freedom came into that room. And the legacy of love. I was reading a couple weeks ago this amazing evangelist in America in the late 1800s named D.L. Moody. And, uh, and he just, he was talking about legacy and, and how, how the Holy Spirit marked, Jesus marked his followers. And later on the Holy Spirit kind of reconfirmed this, that they wore a badge of love. 
and of hope and of power. And that's what set them apart. As he just spent time with them and as he just infused them with his life, they were able to go out into the world living a legacy. And it wasn't a legacy like proud. I was with Jesus. No, it, it didn't take long for people. People wouldn't have cared if, if it was just that because people forget easy. But one thing people can't forget, one thing they can't argue is hope and love and power. And when you become a carrier of that, they might not like it. They, even Pentecost, when the people got filled with the Holy Spirit, they started speaking in different tongues and all these nations that were represented there for this festival started hearing their mother tongues. Imagine they started hearing Lunda and Bemba and Chinese and Korean and whatever else. And suddenly they're like, where is that coming from? They, they didn't have to like it, but they couldn't ignore it. And that's, that's how we are. We're carriers of the same power. We carry power. We carry love. We carry hope. We carry with us freedom everywhere we go. Sometimes we don't choose to walk in all that freedom, but we carry it once we've accepted Christ. And our world, I promise you, our city is thirsty for love and for hope and for freedom, for the liberty that we've received. So, so the badge that we wear, imagine just wearing a badge. We wear a badge of love, a badge of hope, a badge of liberty. And Pentecost just infused the power to live those badges out well. On our own, again, if I try and just without Jesus just go and love, I can love a few people okay, I can be nice, but then someone cuts me off in traffic or I have an altercation. This happens. This stuff happens. <laughs> I have altercations. <laughs> I can't do it on my own ongoing. I can't represent Jesus well without the Holy Spirit. When things go bad, like my back getting jacked up, my hope tank just starts to sink because I just forget. It's all on me. This is a bummer. I'm not going to get to live my dreams. Woe is me. The devil is kicking me while I'm down. But Jesus living in me starts to remind me, you're my son. You're not alone. I'm with you. I'm here. I've got a plan. I can see further than you. Don't worry. Be happy. So we can live this out only with the presence of the Holy Spirit. Um, so there was power in Pentecost. I love the representation of wind and of fire. When, uh, when we were in Luapula recently, we were just praying for people and we were just calling for fire. We wanted fire to burn away chaff. We wanted fire. We were just calling on umulilo wakwalesa. And I've understood that the word for wind is a word I should not play with because uh, I might mess it up and say something that's not nice. Someone told me that this morning. So we'll just say wind and fire for right now. I, I don't Let me just try it. Where, uh, umuela wakwalesa? Umuela? Oh, that's not the word that was, it was the, the word that's close to sushi. That's the, wor the word that I was told not to say. So I said it. All right. Wind and fire. I love the representation here. I'm going somewhere with this. <laughs> you know, we're not talking about like air in a jar. Just air trapped in a jar and that's the Holy Spirit and now we can leave the room. We're talking about hurricane, gale force wind. When wind moves, you know it's there. It's independent. You don't know where it's going to go next. 
but you can see its power. And wind doesn't just, it, it went into that room, but wind did not just stay swirling in that room. Wind needed to get outside. Same with fire. If you, if you choke fire off from all oxygen, it'll burn for a little bit and then just fizzle out. Fire needs to be outside. So my favorite part about Pentecost is, yes, there was an unbelievable power encounter, a beautiful representation of just the infilling of the power and presence of God. But what if they had just stayed there and held on to that and just said, man, let's just stay in this room. Let's just sit here together and just enjoy the power and the presence and the goodness. I don't think the fire would have stayed on their heads. I think the wind would have started to die down to a breeze. And the best thing for me about Pentecost is that it stirs, it stirred these people enough to send them out into the streets. And as soon as they went out, they started seeing shocking stuff happen. As soon as they went out. So Pentecost, there's a purpose behind it. The purpose is to scatter the servants. Melissa lent me a book recently that I haven't returned yet because I'm not, I'm almost done. But it's an amazing book and it's called Scattered Servants. It's saying that we are a people that is not just meant to gather. The gathering is so important. The community is so valuable. We need each other. We need to build each other up. But Sundays should not be the culmination of the week. Sundays should be the preparation for the next week, for the scattering. So that because we're living Pentecost, we're living hope and love and power and liberty as we go to work, as we go to school, as we deal with family situations, we're supposed to scatter and be what we've received. So there was a receiving at Pentecost that happened. But man, I just love that it was the whole plan was for release. Because Jesus is so inclusive. He just came running to find a family. From the very beginning in Genesis, God created man because he just wanted relationship. He didn't have to do that. He wanted it. And he's still that way. He wants people included. This story, we've only received half a gospel if we stop at getting saved and say, oh, I've got my insurance for when I die. I'm good with God. And let me just sit back in the, in the background and, uh, and enjoy the gift I've received. That's only half of our call. That's only half of the gift. The gift is for releasing as well. Acts is all about receiving and releasing. Receive and release. So, so we're, we're to be scattered and, uh, and we're to get filled. Yes, we need to get filled. I told you I felt like an empty bucket this week. Being in God's Word started to fill me up a little bit. My wife is an encourager. That started to fill me up. Friends who pray for me, that starts to fill us up. And then when we're full, we have more to release. So my prayer, at the end of this service, we're going to have a time of prayer. My prayer is that if, even if you feel empty, even if you feel small, even if you feel like you don't have a ton of faith or a ton of usefulness in you, that God will just fill you up so that you're going to feel encouraged enough to overflow. And as you go out, we're going to overflow from this place. I read, this was the, I think it was the 75th anniversary of D-Day, is that? the right number 75th anniversary so in 1944 june 6th 1944 uh this is when the allied troops invaded france at at the beaches of normandy uh to start to push back the nazi kind of takeover of europe 
And it's probably the biggest single military operation, uh, single-day military operation in all history. I love military history. I love history in general. And so I found this kind of obscure story. There's hundreds of thousands of troops moving on this day. And there's tens of thousands of vehicles. And it all had to happen in unison and operation uh, with one another, all linked so that the plan would work. We had to strike when Nazi Germany wasn't expecting us. And it had to happen in, in a short window. And the whole thing was supposed to happen on June 5th. But there were some weathermen from Scotland. Weathermen. I mean, you don't think those... If I'm going to get in a... Like, if I'm going to take a friend into a fight with me, I'm going to think, hmm, there's a weatherman. No. Soldier. I'll take soldier. Weathermen, no, they can stay. Some people would say, I won't take pastor. I'd rather take... But you know what I'm saying? Weathermen, it doesn't sound like a very, like, strategic military job or very tough in any way. There was this core of weathermen, and their whole job was... They didn't have drones... They didn't have satellite imaging. They didn't have sonar and all these new things that technology has has given us. They had to fly missions into storms hundreds of miles out into the Atlantic to just get wind readings and get readings from the waves and the air pressure and and then make guesses, educated guesses on what the weather was going to do. These guys did this, and they went to General Eisenhower, who was the leader of all of those troops, and they said, June 5th, you can't do this. If you do it, the tides are going to be so high, you're going to sink all your landing boats. And if you do it on June 5th, this, the, the clouds are going to be so low that your bombers are not going to know where to drop their bombs. If you do it on June 5th, the wind is going to be so crazy out of control that your paratroopers are going to be scattered all over the countryside and no one's going to be able to reunite. Wait till June 6th. Can you imagine being a general of, uh, in charge of hundreds of thousands of troops and you're ready to go now, now, and then a weatherman probably a nerd who uh, excuse me sir i've just been reading the wind speeds and i've got a report for you and this guy tells you it's not time wait one day june 6th is going to be a break in the storm tides are going to be lower the the sky is going to be clearer the wind is going to die down and it's all going to be more favorable the amazing thing is the general listened to this guy and d-day was a success it ended up being the beginning of the end of the Nazi takeover of Europe. And I loved that story because it felt like a Holy Spirit story. Number one, these people were not frontline soldiers. It's the same in, in the upper room. There were some big names in there, but there was also a lot of nameless people that we don't know of. We don't know their names in the Bible, but we, we know that there's 120 faithful people who showed up. So today... Whether anyone in Indola knows your name or not, you showed up and the Holy Spirit is available to fill you up. You showed up and He's going to fill you up. And they're going to know whose name you bear. They don't have to know your name, your first name, surname. Those names don't matter. But the name above all names is the one that matters. And that's the name that is, is, is labeling you. That's the name that is filling you. And as you go out, that's the name that is empowering you. I love that these guys... Just, they flew into the storm. 
they went out of their comfort zone. Their base was on shore. Their base was covered from the wind. They decided to get out in the elements. And some of them died doing this, testing these wind speeds. They had to fly when it was stormy. They had to fly when visibility was low. Some of them flew into mountains. Visibility was so bad. But they got outside of their comfort zone and they got into the storm, into the fray. And then, that's something that amazing Pentecost Christians do. These guys left the room and started to change society. That's what we're going to do today. We're going to leave the room and get out into the mess. And some of us might get hurt out there. That's okay. It's worth it. It's worth it. I had a friend this week. Tell, I, I called a friend. I need some help with some paperwork in Lusaka. And every time, this friend of mine is a very big bishop. He's busy. He's got a very thriving church. He, he doesn't have time to help me. But I asked him if he could line me up with someone else who could help me. And he said, someone else? I want to help you. And I said, I know, brother, but you don't have time. And he said, listen, we aren't going to touch this world in a proper way if we only do it when it's convenient for us. We're going to touch the world when, the, when we sacrifice for the world. Then they're going to notice. They're going to take notice. We're going to touch the world. We're going to reach the world when we lay down ourselves, our schedules. And I was just like blown away thinking, man, I need to grow in that area. I need to be more available. So then I was studying for my sermon, a very holy thing to do. And I started getting a phone call from someone who I know only speaks Bemba, a friend of mine in Chifubu, and I speak very, very little Bemba. And I thought, ah, we're not going to be able to communicate. Plus, I'm studying for my sermon. I'm not going to answer. And then I start remembering my brother in Lusaka saying, we're going to touch the world when it costs us a little something. And I thought, ah, okay, okay, okay. Let me just answer. Now, I'm not trying to tell you I'm very holy. This battle was a real battle. So I pick up the phone and... My friend who was calling me is the mother of a boy with cerebral palsy. His, his name is Sam. And he is 19 years old now, and he, he weighs so little. He's so skinny. His, his bones and limbs are so bent up. But when he sees me, he can say, I love you, Bakris. He knows how to say, I love And she the only reason she called was he kept saying it at home, I love Bakris. I love you, Bakris. So she wanted me to hear it. So she put him on the line and I heard it. And then I thought, I'm going to take every phone call that ever comes in ever. That was such a gift to hear my friend Sam say, and he struggles. I, I, it just like, it made me feel like, man, what, who do I think I am not answering the phone? Let me do something crazier than that. Let me go get in the mess. And just not because I want something back, but, but because God is good. And I'm just saying, we're going to go out. And we're going to get uncomfortable sometimes. We're going to do uncomfortable things. But uncomfortable is good. Awkward can lead to awesome. Weird can lead to wonderful. And that's okay. Awkward is okay. I would rather be the kind of person that is way more worried about missing an opportunity than I am worried about making a mistake. I, want, I don't want to miss opportunities to share the love of Jesus. I want, to, I want everyone to experience the love I've experienced, the, the salvation and the gift of mercy and the joy that comes when you know Jesus and the hope that comes when you know He's with you and never leaving anywhere. 
I want others to experience that. And so I don't, sometimes I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to maybe speak a word of knowledge that I'm just taking a risk and it's wrong. But that doesn't scare God or make him mad at me. I took a risk. I'm flexing a muscle. I'm becoming a steward of what he told me to go out and do. And the more I steward that, the more he's going to be able to use me and you and all of us. And if a few of us are doing it, just imagine. If we all in this room got activated, you're running in circles, I'm not running in. I'm running in circles, you're not running in. He's running in circles, she's not running. What if we all started operating like Pentecost is that power is with us right where we are all week long? Would Indola start to change? Atmospheres would start to change. That's what happened with these guys that were in the upper room. Instantly, their they had this multiplied impact that they could not imagine. Peter went from, a few weeks ago, he's just he's denying Jesus in front of a teenage girl. I didn't know him. I don't know him. I don't know who that was. Who is that guy? How do you even say his name? I don't know. And then, now he starts preaching with boldness. And he's just a fisherman. And he probably used a lot of cuss words. Because all the fishermen I know use a lot of cuss words. But then Peter stands up after this experience at Pentecost and he starts preaching. And he starts bringing the conviction saying, you nailed him to the cross. But even still, there's forgiveness available. And people were amazed. They were also convicted and they came running to the throne of Jesus. They said, "How, how do we get rid of this feeling of guilt? And he said, turn to him. And 3,000 in one day, were turned, welcomed into the kingdom. Imagine if that started happening in Ndola. It's not going to happen if we just keep like enjoying Jesus on Sunday and then we just go live like life is a separate life on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. We have to live this stuff out, out there. And that is the purpose. That's why Pentecost happened because there's people out there who haven't heard or there's people out there who've been burned. Or there's people out there who are so sad and so broken, they, they, there's no answer that's good enough for them that medical doctors can give them or, or the world can give. But we carry an answer and they need to hear it. We carry a name and they need to know it. So the purpose of Pentecost is to get you out of your seat and onto your feet and moving into the community. Amen? Amen? <clears throat> All right. There's... There's this bigger vision. It's beyond 12 disciples. It's beyond 120. It's beyond one congregation. There's a vision that God has for whole cities, whole nations. And beyond cities and nations, there's, His vision is generational. Let me just read this one. There's a verse that is all about this purpose. It's, uh, it's Acts 2.39. Let me see if I can find it here. I thought I had it marked. All right. So Acts 1 is kind of all about wait. Acts 2 then is when the fire and the wind come. And then here towards the end of Acts chapter 2, uh, in, in verse 39, it says, For the promise of the Holy Spirit is for you and for your children and, who f- and for all those who are far off and everyone whom the Lord God is calling to himself. It's for you. It's for your children. It's for people who are far away from God right now. It's for people who are geographically far from us right now. But there is this desire in God's heart to share the gift of Pentecost with many 
out there and for generations to come. And we're, we're the vehicle. What an honor that is. What a crazy honor. So as we go, we're supposed to go with great expectance, with great boldness. We, and everyone plays a role. I've said it before here at Open Church, but the Great Commission is not just for spiritual elite in man's eyes. It's not just for people who are paid staff members of a church or who are, say they're called missionaries only. It's for every believer. The Great Commission is for every believer to go and make disciples, to go and spread the good news, to go and share what they received in the upper room with Jesus, and to go and represent the Holy Spirit to a lost and hurting world. If those weathermen at D-Day had not shared, had, okay, they, they get the knowledge, they go into the storm, they have an experience with the wind and the waves, and then they just, they don't make the phone call, they don't share it, what happens? They're probably safe. They're not on one of the beaches that are going to be contested for the rest of the war. They're in far northern I- or, uh, Scotland, and they're probably not immediately affected negatively. They're not going to die. But if they hadn't said that, a lot of people would have died. Who knows if the, if, the, if the temper of the war would have changed in the Allies' favor or if Germany would have kept on with their kind of vicious takeover. You have to go and share the news outside the room. You have to go and apply what you've been learning here. So, so Pentecost is also telling us it's no more business as usual. Pentecost is telling us it's time to go and share what you've received. No more. It, 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 Jesus said there was a time for waiting and listening and learning. And we are to be ongoing learners for the rest of our lives. But we are also supposed to be activated people. While we are learning, while we are growing in our own depth of relationship with Jesus, we are supposed to be activated and sharing what we've received. And that's the call of Pentecost. There's a much bigger vision. <clears throat> we, have, we have the promise that Peter had, this increased boldness. I, be, I don't know if Peter felt very bold going into that upper room, but when the Holy Spirit got downloaded into Peter, there is no hesitation that I read as he walks out and just starts preaching. And he didn't choose like an easy preach. He didn't just say, God is love, everybody, and he's real gentle. He's a lamb. He went out and went for, you are murderers, all of you, crazy, stupid murderers. And you had him right in front of you and you let it slip through your hands. You're foolish murderers and you're all going to die. That was the beginning of his sermon. There's some boldness in that. Now, I'm not saying go and tell everyone they're crazy, stupid murderers and they're all going to die. No, but there was just boldness. I'm just saying he knew who he was and who, he knew who infilled him. And so he was not afraid to be used by God. He was the mouthpiece of God. And that promise is for you today as well. Increased boldness is yours to take away from this sermon, from this day. Multiplied impact is yours to take away 